the most important insights that I got working my way through First Peter recently was the discovery that the Christian life is both a service to the world that hopes to be attractive to the world and approved by the world, and also a separation from the world which makes the world angry. First Peter makes that clear, so does the book of James, so does the teaching of Jesus, but so many people fall off that horse on one side or the other. So Father, as we undertake to see this in First Peter, make it plain so that your people are whole and not half Christian. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are at verses 3 and 4. The time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. So this is just your lifestyle of Gentiles, meaning people of the world, not Christians, in this case probably not Jews either, doing what they want to do, and then here it describes it, living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they're surprised that you do not join them. This is what I call separation. You used to do it. You used to do all these things with them. You were just as sensual as they were, had as many unruly passions and gave yourself over to addictions and joined others in all kinds of togetherness sin and even manifest idolatries. And you don't do it anymore. You do not join them in the same flood of debauchery. And the result is they malign you. So let's put um, four, three through four, separation, maligning, and if we go down to verse five, we see what's going to happen. They will give an account to him who's ready to judge the living and the dead. So let's put give an account if they don't repent. Now, if you stopped right there, you'd have half of what Christianity is supposed to look like. Christianity is to be a separation from the world, a willingness to be maligned, and a handing over vengeance and judgment to God. But this book is repeated in its repetitive, in its declaration that we are to do good to win the world. And it has a sequence to it, 2.15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So let's go back and for 2.15, put do good, And they respond with foolish talk about us and ignorance. 
and we hope that gives way to silencing them and their foolishness. And then look at 3.16. Have a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior, good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So you've got good behavior, slander, and then shame. So let's go back and put 3.16. Good behavior. Conduct results in slander and hopefully leads to them being put to shame. Put to shame. One more. Chapter 2, verse 12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So honorable conduct. So that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good conduct, good deeds, and glorify God on the day of visitation. (coughs) So there's good deeds or honorable conduct. There is initial speaking against as evildoers, and we hope there will be a glorifying of God. So in 2.12, let's put uh, good deeds, or we could put honorable conduct, which leads to, in the short run, speak against And we hope to glorify God. Glorify God. Now, you can see that we've got a huge emphasis on seeking to do good with good behavior, with honorable conduct, with good deeds that, at least initially, gets a foolish ignorance response from people, a slander from people speaking against us, but we hope will silence their foolishness, put their slander to shame, and lead them to glorify God. So all of that has the tendency of let's behave in a way that will be winsome to the world. Even if it isn't winsome at first, let's aim at that. But so many people say that's that's all there is to Christianity— and they're afraid of this. This is, this is nice. The world, the world tends to like this. At least in the long run. We hope they do. The world doesn't like this, ever. The world does not like this. Separation. The time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. It's over. You're not going to do it anymore. Sensuality, freedom, passions, freedom, drunkenness, orgies, thinking parties, lawless idolatries, a big no to the world, and it results in they malign you when you don't follow them into the flood of debauchery. So I just want to have Christians who don't choose between these two. We labor to be the kind of people that often the world will say, I want to be like that and give glory to God. And other times they'll look at us and say, prudes, fundies, 
backwater, squared, nerdy, judgmental, hateful, whatever. You name it, if we disapprove of these behaviors, we will be maligned. But here's the summary in James 1.27. Religion that is pure, religion that is pure and undefiled before God is not one thing but two things. One, it is to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And the world will very regularly see that, approve of it, and be drawn to it. And to keep oneself unstained from the world. And when we give the world the impression that we think much of their behavior is stained and we're not going to participate in it, they will get angry at us. And oh, that we might be the both and that the Bible calls us to be and let God decide whether people are won over or not.